The Big Footy Port Adelaide podcast is proudly sponsored by New Vision. My team, Kanda, power. I love the power. power, power. I love the power. power. Hello and welcome to the Port Adelaide preview podcast for the round 19 match against St Kilda. Uh, it'll be played on Saturday in the twilight, so I think about four o'clock start uh, at Adelaide Oval. I'm Portia, and joining me, as is very often the case, is Macca. Macca, how are you today? Mate, pretty good. Pretty good, I've got to say. I'm looking oh, forward that? to this What's one. That? I don't know. Okay. Not, too, not too sure. Um, just in a good mood today. So, Did you get pumped up before the podcast? Listen to any uh, motivational music? I put the kids to bed. That was about it. Oh, how dull. Okay, mm. fair enough. Yeah. Mm. I'm eating a bit of cheesecake, and it's very nice. Oh, now, lovely. Yeah, I know. Just just a plain cheesecake? Baked cheesecake? Yeah, just, I, honestly, I just like a plain baked Blueberry. cheesecake. No, no, just just plain vanilla sort of okay. cheesecake. Yeah. Just, just the usual? Well, I don't know if it's the usual. The I don't, bog I standard? Yeah, the, 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 the normal sort of cheesecakey thing. I, I don't. I, I like just a basic one. It's it's nothing oh, wrong with that. Cheesecake's the best. Cheesecake really is, is really best. nice, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. it's it's really good. It's really it good. It is the king of cakes. It's the, it's certainly a fantastic summer treat as well. It's a bit weird eating it this time of year, perhaps, but uh, in summer it's it's very nice, absolutely. No. Right, well, look, we'll get into the first hot topic. <clears throat> Tom Jonas, 100th game. Hey, that's not the bad. The glove. Yeah, he's done all right. Gun. The glove, hey, the hitman. I'm just kind of wondering, like, how many games would he have played if he didn't get suspended so much? <laughs> <laughs> Probably He'd be near the 150, wouldn't he? Yeah. <laughs> uh, no, fair enough. Mm. Um, yeah, no, he's certainly um, been in pretty decent form this year. I think, I can't remember if it was on the Poultry's podcast last night, they were talking about him being our best defender. I still think it's Tom Clary, but um, I'm, I admit it's closer in the last month, probably. Um, but, yeah, he's doing all right. Uh, TJ's been our best defender this year, if not. Uh, probably in our top five players for the year, I would say. I reckon Clary's getting a rough deal there. I reckon he's been magnificent. Yeah, he's not um, far behind. I would say he's probably sixth or seventh. Yeah, okay. He's not not far behind. But it's a great story, Tommy Jonas, because he, he came onto the rookie list. Um, mm. He had a couple of really good games in his first uh, year once he got upgraded. And he just turned into an absolute gun in 2013. Um, was great all through 2014. Then he just fell off a cliff. For two years, and now he's come back again. Yeah. It's, a, it's a great story. It's um, good story of persistence, and um, I'm really happy that he's getting his name on the locker because I'm, I'm a big fan of TJ, and um, yeah, he well deserves it. Yeah, well, I'm um, certainly. I think that he kind of had a, a Paxman moment when he um, forced the bloke across the line a couple of weeks ago. Um, mm. That was pretty good. That special sort of. I mean, that, that's that is advanced Backman. Yeah, that's advanced yeah. Backman training to. Go up against two guys and then manage to turn into a rush behind by bumping a guy over the line. That that's right up there. So um, you've got to say he's playing pretty well just from that thing alone. Because you know bad backmen don't do that. They don't even yeah. think to do that. Um, so he's in good form. Indeed. Um, also, uh, another little note from KT this week. Uh, really strange to have a, a note from KT about this one particular thing, but um, I guess there's not wasn't that much good news to go this week. Uh, we're doing the march from the mall again, actually from the mall, uh, as opposed to from that random bit of grass outside Government House. Um, <laughs> I, I don't understand why it was ever not from the mall. I don't understand why they ever decided what would be really good for building atmosphere, standing on a bit of grass outside Government House. Yeah, 
house. That, yeah. that would be really good for building atmosphere. Um, so they fix that up. Hooray, hooray. So if you're in Adelaide, go along and just show them that, you know, it's nice to be in the mall and getting in people's faces at the start of the march. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'm not much of a marcher, but uh, I'm sure a lot of people like it. So it's good that it's well, there. It is nice, and it's sort of a good congregation point, you know, um, that sort of thing. Um, I just want to have a complaint about the Port Adelaide app, right? I got a notification a couple of days ago, yesterday, um, and the notification said on my phone, go to the article to find out how long Chad Wingard might be injured for. Mm. Now, that's like the actual content of that, what I need to know is maybe eight words, which is Chad Wingard out for maybe four weeks or whatever else, yeah? Why are they sending clickbait as notifications on an app? That's really poor form. That's really poor form. Maybe they get money per clicks or something. I'm not sure, but um, <sighs> yeah, just uh, just don't do it. Just don't click on it. No, no, no I didn't. And I so I'll find out a, a different way. I'll go onto the uh, Adelaide Now website and uh, give them 0.4 of a cent instead. <laughs> I just decided I didn't really care, and I'd know when I knew. <laughs> <laughs> but I removed their notifications, so. <laughs> Port Adelaide app, you're going to have to get my notifications back and you've got to treat them properly if you ever get them back again. <laughs> <laughs> well done. Oh, dear. All right. So, um, look, I guess we'll get into more, more current topics, which is basically looking at St Kilda in the year so far. We've had a bit of a chat pre-podcast and determined that neither of us is particularly well-informed. Um, so, that's this might be a bit shorter than usual. Um, summing up, they're currently 11th on the ladder. They've lost their last two games uh, to Essendon at the Docklands and then this recent week, Sydney at the SCG. Um, prior to that, they won four games, three at Docklands against North Melbourne, Gold Coast and Richmond, and then they also won against Fremantle at Subi. Um, but their wins at Docklands, the only good wins against good opposition were at Docklands and they were against Richmond and GWS. So they haven't really beaten anyone all that great. Uh, and I remember watching the GW, I remember watching the GWS win and... GWS didn't play well, and St Kilda, they made everything look so hard. Like, they were they were working really, really hard, and they managed to get a win, and that was really good, but, oh, it just does, it doesn't look easy for them. It's not working all that well. They've, um, they've got a fair bit of the Port Adelaide's about them this year, St Kilda. Like, they look great one week, they look terrible the next. Um, I watched them uh, destroy Richmond in uh, pretty epic fashion uh, a couple of weeks ago, and that was... That was something else. And then they followed it up by getting absolutely smacked by Essendon uh, the mm. week after. Uh, and that's kind of been their story all year. Like, they've won a couple, then they've lost a couple all season. And, you know, they could finish fifth. They could finish 12th. Like, you, you just don't know where they're going to finish at the moment. Like, a couple of weeks ago, I think they were in fifth spot. Now they're in 11th. I mean, who knows where they're going to go. They might sneak into the eight. Maybe not. Um, flip a coin at this point. But uh, they're, they're a really hard team to read at this point in time. Um, parts of me think, well, has, has Richo really done his job? Um, part of me says no. Um, but then I, I look at their sort of squad. It is quite young. Uh, it does have a lot of pretty decent top-end talent. If, if they get a few more players in, I think they're in pretty good stead. Yeah, look, um, for me, I think the main difference between them and us is that we make it look effortless, whereas every, even when they're smashing a side, it looks like they're working really, really hard to do it. Like, And that's, I don't know, I, I think that can kind of wear them out, and that's probably part of what's happening with the young squad. Mm. As for whether Richo's done his job, I mean, I don't know. Like, that's the, This is the most anonymous side in the league, I reckon. Like, even more than Gold Coast, that you just go, oh, yeah, who, who they got again? Who's playing for them? 
Yeah, I mean, their best player is probably Sebastian Ross. And I reckon 99% of the football world would say, who the hell is Sebastian Ross? Yeah, and, well, Jack Stephen playing his 150th this week, it's like, oh, has he been around that long? Okay. Well, that's true as well. (laughs) Yeah, that's crept up. Yeah, it certainly has. It's like, oh, yeah, I I remember he's a St Kilda player. And like, oh, he's that much of a St Kilda player. Right, good. Um, They lost last week to Sydney and Sydney. Um, really comprehensively. It was just they were not really in it at all. I think it almost doubled the score. Um, Josh Bruce kicked three goals for them as a key position forward. Um, he's their leading goal kicker. Seb Ross uh, got 30-something touches. He's averaging 30 a game, which, is, which you, you wouldn't know it, but he's averaging 30 a game. Mm. Um, and Luke Dunstan had a good one. Um, I don't know. I, I watched the last quarter because I wanted to see the quarter in which they scored the most, and they are just going to get... I'm gonna, here's a sneak preview. They're going to get mauled by us because they are so intent on retaining possession that they kick backwards, and Port is not a side you do that against. So no. I hope they've worked out an alternate thing to do. No, you, you don't really want to give um, up ground against Port Adelaide because our defensive structures are that good that um, more often than not, you're going to turn it over in your end of the park instead of a little bit further upfield, and you're going to have scores against. Um, you kicked pretty heavily, I, I would think, and yeah, I, I would hope that's uh, what we're going to be seeing uh, this week. To be honest, I'm pretty confident. Yeah, look, absolutely. Um, I'm, I'm hugely confident after seeing that because you just, if you think, the, like we just said, the one thing you don't do against Port Adelaide, it is that. It is, is play defensive backwards going football to retain possession because you're going to cough it up. Mm. Um, I have got a question on the forum. Um, what are our thoughts on Nick Revolt being managed, managed for this game? Yeah, we sort of um, had a tiny chat about that in the pre-podcast. Uh, it's a strange one. Like... Um, mm. Not too sure. I would have thought this would be a game that St Kilda would look at and think, you know what, we can actually win this one. So you'd want uh, one of your best players out there. But uh, maybe he just needs a rest and they're going to go bang uh, for the last few games of the season and hope they win them instead. Look, I think that's probably, if that's what they're doing, it's a smarter bet. But also, I mean, Nick Rewalt, he's still a good player, but he's showing age. Yeah, and like the defence that we have is exactly the sort that would expose him. Yeah. Um, because he doesn't have the agility he once had. Uh, and that means that it's quite easy for any of our key backmen to get up there and do a bit of body work and put him off. Um, I don't know. I, I think that I think, I think they made a right move. I think they might be sacrificing the game to some extent, uh, which, yeah. you know, that certainly might, might be the view. And, that, and when that happens, then usually it means it's going to be a big win to the opposition. So, he did um, struggle last week against the Swans. He, he really struggled. He struggled a few times this year. Yeah, look, he, he is showing his age. Look, he's had a wonderful yeah. career. He's, what, 330-odd games in. Um, you know, he's nearly 35. Uh, I can understand why they might want to rest him because his last couple of games have been pretty poor. And uh, maybe just that week off is all he needs to uh, to come good for the rest of the season. Yeah, look, absolutely. Um, there's no doubt in their, in their forward line, like, he can't keep being Nick Rewalt. He's He's got to be, like... He, if he's not going to survive, he's not going to be useful unless he's like the second or third option for him. Um, maybe that's part of the issue. I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> maybe it's maybe it's that old thing about you know the young guys not really quite stepping up with Nick Rewald around. Yeah, possibly. Uh, um, yeah, who knows? It, it can always be a little bit of that, but it's very hard to quantify it. Um, okay, and look, we'll just move on to talking about how they're winning. Uh, the answer is they're not. Uh, a few interesting stats here. Um, the first one is that they have the second lowest number of clearances, but also the least clearances against, uh, which usually means there's like a contest. And if you watch them play, like they're just consistently avoiding 
loose ball, like surrendering the ball pretty much. They yeah. are habitually trying to do that and avoiding stoppages in the process. Um, I don't know that that's working all that well for them. They're playing like a really shitty mid mid or early 2000s side. Um, in terms of their overpossession in defence, and that probably included us a couple of times as well. They're, they're playing like St Kilda did, you know, eight years ago, really. Yeah, 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 that's probably fair. Just not as good. <laughs> mm. <laughs> um, they're playing uh, also. The, um, they're very keen on kicking, playing loose, staying loose as far away from an opponent as possible, and kicking and marking forwards. They've got the second most uncontested position in the league, which is pretty. That's pretty high. Uh, and the fifth most marks inside 50, which, I mean, I guess you've got to say, like, their forward line, they are a tallish forward line. They've got Josh Bruce, who's playing a pretty decent season. He's kicked, what, 29 goals so far. And Nick Rewell, you know, that's the one thing he does do, is he does still take a mark on a lead. Like, that's the one thing you can yeah. count on him to do. So um, that certainly makes sense there. Um, but here's the interesting one. This is, for me, the most interesting thing of all, is that they're inconsistent in their pressure on opposition, and they are really easily marked against. Um so they've got the fifth most contested marks against, the fourth most marks inside 50 against, and the most marks against in the league. And they're the second worst one percenters. Now, if you watched any of the game last week, you just saw Sinclair, Callum Sinclair, just taking mark after mark after mark. No real contest at all from their backman. Um, yeah. I'm not only, I can't, if, uh, for me, that's as damning of Alan Richardson as anything possibly could be. You know? Um, like, having a, having a mm-hmm. team that can't stop people marking in, your, in, your, in the, in the defence, you know... That, that's that's like rule one. Spoil, right? That's rule one of defence. If you can't mark it, try and spoil, and they're not getting close yeah, to it. And they're not. Nah, that's right. Look, as I said before, they're very inconsistent. They don't like contested football at all. They, they, they don't. like to play keepings off. They're not very good down back. Um, their midfield probably underperforms a little bit. Um, yeah, they're, they're a strange side, but they do sort of win the odd game here or there. Um, but you can certainly see why... Uh, they're so inconsistent, and you can see why they've probably struggled against uh, the majority of the better teams so far this year. So sort of leads well to a positive result this week, if we can uh, pull our finger out. Yeah, and look, I mean, when you put together all the things we just talked about, like for me, I kind of feel like that they've defined their game plan by the fact that their home ground is the Docklands. Mm-hmm. They play exactly the right brand of football for that, and that's obviously why they get a fair number of wins at that ground as well. Um yeah, I, I, I'm really confident this week. I'm not, I'm not, I'm not even confident. It's just it's a lock-in, yeah? Like, if we lost it, we can't lose this one. It's just a matter of how much. Well, we can. No, no, we can't. It's not even possible, I don't reckon. Yeah, well, we still can. This would be like us playing Sturt <laughs> this week, you know? It, not that the quality of the players isn't there, but just they just haven't worked together all that well. And it took GWS really falling apart for them to get their win against them in Melbourne. And they're coming to Adelaide, where they already got smashed by Adelaide, what, for 40, 50 points, something this year. Hmm. So they don't have a special affinity for the ground or anything. I don't know. Um, but look, here's, here's, here's where we'll give them a chance, Maker. Let's talk up the Saints a little bit. Let's give them a chance. Let's talk about our selections. Well, look, they haven't actually won at uh, Adelaide Oval yet. So that's okay. um, also yep. something going in our favour. But hey, records are made to be broken, aren't they? So. Absolutely, absolutely. Now, look, our selections are interesting. There is a very obvious theme in them, which I'm not happy about. So there we go. Um, our ins this week are Jack Honch, Aaron Young, Carl Amon, and Jasper Pittard. Our outs are Logan Austin, Chad Wingard, Joe Atley, and Dan Houston. We've basically ditched three of the youngest players in the team for a few guys that have been really pretty inconsistent themselves this year. Yeah. 
Well, look, Austin. <laughs> when you, when Austin's you saw had the... a decent, I, I can understand Homsch for Austin, um, because Austin didn't do enough last week. Uh, he had a decent sort of shutdown role in the second half, but to only get two touches or something, and you know he was pretty poor in the first half. Um, Atley, I can understand why um, he's come out of the side just. Uh, Wingard, obviously, with injury. Houston's probably the 50-50 one. I would have preferred him to stay in, but I can certainly understand why um, the club might have decided to drop him this week. Probably hasn't been at his best the last two or three games. Um, And I can certainly see why they would think Pittard is an improvement on what he has produced so far in the last couple of weeks. I think they made these changes because they had to be seen to swing the axe because they've done virtually nothing. But it's not really swinging the axe, though, is it? Like, well, they've made four I changes. Think... That's, they've made four changes, but they've changed yeah, nothing. But swinging, swinging the axe for worse. me means like you, you're cutting a couple of sort of uh, players that should be cut. The maybe a little bit unexpected, but this is well, all sort of expected sort of stuff. I think um, it's very cynically expected too. Yeah, Lord Holmesfoss, <laughs> and I, I can understand. Uh, uh, we need look, good Jack Homsch is a wonderful player and we need him we need that sort of player in the side and he's going to be a better option than Austin no matter what um, Carl Amon how good is it to have Carl back it's great to have Carl back it is absolutely sure. wonderful to have Carl Amon back someone that's going to deliver high quality ball inside 50 kick a couple of goals um, and get a lot of the ball it's going to be interesting to see him, Impey, and Matty White in the same team and to see if uh, they're all on the ground at the same time and, uh, and what that might be able, what uh, positive things that might do. Okay, let me put my question another way. When you were watching the game last week, did you think it's the young guys that let us down? Uh, <clears throat> I think Austin was... Oh. I would say Austin, Atley, and Houston were probably three of the bottom five or so on the ground, I would say. Right. Because, I mean, you look at Joe Atley and say, oh, I dropped Joe Atley, but Matt White had 10 possessions too. Yeah. Uh, he didn't have any clearances. <laughs> you know, yeah. he did nothing. He did absolutely nothing. Yeah. He stayed in the side. Um, I, I, I don't understand it. I don't understand it. We, we had... Even we had Rick and Rick saying on Monday talking about how uh, Broadbent and Hartland in the same defence is kind of a bit of a negative. Mm. So well, Espo's still there. Um, yep. You know the guys that you should be saying, "Hey guys, this was unacceptable." They've managed to survive this week. Yeah, as they usually do. Look, I, if I had my do. way, I would have probably kept Atley and Houston in, and yeah, uh, maybe said goodbye to Broadbent and probably Whitey as well. I think um, that's a dead set. Certainly, yeah. But I, I, I don't think they're like they're not disastrous changes. I don't think it's not like oh my god, I can't believe this has happened. Well, no, they're uh, not disastrous changes. We're up against a really kind of ordinary side that we are equipped to beat. In that case, why do you say well this is the week that we can't afford to have developing players in? Because this is a very young side we're up against. This is exactly the sort of team you put developing players in against, surely. But we also can't afford to lose this one, so I can understand why they've gone experience. <sighs> Come on, this is. Choco thinking, Macca. This is what we've been doing all year. We're not blooding guys like Frampton that because oh, okay. Like we had that really great run against you know shitty teams mid-season. Mm. We didn't play any of these young tools, um, mm. and now we're like, oh, we've got to win every game. Oh, fuck off, really. <laughs> I mean, I understand what you're saying, but fuck right off. That's 
that's just Choco thinking. That's just like playing for this week every week. You're doing nothing for list development. That is Ken coaching like he's not going to be here next year. And quite frankly, because you're coaching like that, that's why you don't end up being here next year. Don't know. Don't know. Very short term. Don't know. Not sure. So you would have kept Austin in and you would have kept Houston in for Homsch and Pittard. I reckon those changes you mentioned were pretty good. I can understand making maybe Homsch for Austin, potentially, because Austin, I mean, he did fall over a lot this week. Yeah, like that was probably the biggest fault I had is he lost his feet. And yeah. the key defenders, like you can't afford to lose your feet as a key defender. That's a no. huge no-no. So that one change, yeah, okay, fair enough this week. But the others, no way. Nah, nah. Those outs are wrong. Those are the wrong outs. The ins are fine, the, wrong, the outs are wrong. Yeah. So you're happy with Aaron Young coming back in? I'm not thrilled. But we need someone up forward to replace Wingard. We could play a guy like, um, I don't know, um, what's his Do name? We? I mean, he hasn't really been playing forward Wingard the last sort of uh, four to five well, weeks. Well, here's um, the thing. And I, essentially, Amon has come in to replace Wingard, in my opinion. Nah, uh, no, I don't reckon. Oh. Well, then what's Young come in for then? Because, <laughs> you know... He's got impressive hair. Like, he looks good out there. He's, he's a... Oh, he's a Pretty attractive man. Like he's he's not bad. Um, what's he out there? I don't know. Look for me. I don't know. I really don't know. Um, unless we're planning on playing Robbie more through the midfield. In well, that's which what we I was need thinking. Young that was my assumption. Play further up forward. That's the only assumption my, I've got. It was my assumption that that would be what we'd do because we've sort of been interchanging Wingard and Gray most of the time. So if mm. Wingard's out and he's been playing midfield, then you bring Robbie Gray back to midfield, mm. and you need to fill a spot up forward. Um, but you could have, I don't know, I don't know, I don't know what form Aiden Johnson's in in the Magpies. Um, might have given him another shot. Well, he kicked against, three goals last a, week. So. Oh, against, there we go. Against a young defence, why wouldn't you do it? Mm. So, mm. ah, Macca, um, I'm, I'm annoyed. I'm probably going to win anyway, but I'm annoyed with this selection no, because I, of what they're saying about I would have, clubs managing itself. I would have much preferred Atley and Houston to stay in the side for sure um, because they are the future. Houston's been great this year. He's had a couple of, I won't say down weeks, because he hasn't had a couple of down weeks. He's had a couple of average weeks. Um, yeah. At least even... probably not doing enough to maintain a spot in the side at this point. Just, um, I would have persisted with him, because I, I think he, like a, a 20 disposable game is just around the corner. Um, mm-hmm. But I can understand why they've dropped him. Hmm. Well, oh, look, I would have kept him in this week for the sole reason that St Kilda aren't a very strong clearance side. And I would have given him um, some decent time in the middle to see what he can do. Uh, Absolutely. this is the game, this is probably the game where he's likely to have a breakout game. I it is, would, absolutely. Probably wouldn't be bringing, bringing him back against the Crows next week. Um, no. Maybe you bring him back against Collingwood the week after. Oh. I don't, reckon, I don't know. I don't know if it'll happen now because we've decided that we're going to do short-term picking of senior players within different form because we've got to win, right? So mm. who, know, who knows? That's our selection method now, I guess. Uh, JP uh, Need on the uh, emergency list. I'm sure you're happy about that as well. I'm thrilled, Macca. <laughs> <laughs> look, Craig Jones has mentioned Palmer and look, he's probably the one that I would have given a go to. He was great last week. Yeah, that'd be all right. Um, I just don't understand what more he has to do to get a game, to be honest. Um, if you were going to drop Atley for someone, then it's certainly I would choose Palmer over Aaron Young. Yeah, me too. Me too. Um, 
Because at some point, you've got to see what he can do. Jesse Palmer, he played a couple of games at the end of last year. wasn't too bad. He's been excellent so far this year in the SANFL. Uh, not sure what more he can do, to be honest. No idea. Mm. Um, yeah. Anyway, and this let's also, talk about the Saints. Yeah, let's talk about this. No, no, I want to complain more. Um, okay. I, want to, I want to also say that the St Kilda would have been an absolutely excellent side to play a guy like a Frampton against or a tall forward against because of their um, exposure or exposability to having tall forwards in their, in their back line. Yeah, I would agree with that as well. Mm. And we didn't do it. But it's meant to be raining, Again. isn't it? Pretty heavily. On oh, I don't know, is it? Yeah. Tall guys don't get shorter, isn't that what they say? Yeah, but <laughs> tall guys also <laughs> don't really dominate much in the wet either. So, Well, I mean, everyone's got to learn to take a chest mark at some point, so mm. might as well be here this week. I don't know. Super right, windy right. with showers on Saturday, so it probably doesn't lend itself to um, uh, to high-quality key position forward football, I would think, especially no, not fair. with uh, winds in excess of uh, 40 right. kilometres an hour. So. All right. All right, you got me there. All right, I'll stop complaining now. Let's move on to St Kilda. Um, so they've lost um, Nick Rewalt out, Lee Montagna's out, um, Kobe Stevens is out. Oh, I didn't notice that one. Um, but the ins are then Tim Membray back in is actually pretty important for their forward line. He sure is. Yeah, he's a good player, mm. Membray. He's um, he's a bit of a strange one because he, he plays a lot taller than he actually is. He's only about one eighty seven centimeters, I think. But uh, he, he does play a lot taller. Um, he's a strong mark. He kicks a lot of goals. Um, and he's very, very consistent as well. So that's a good in for them. Yep, and the others are Brandon White and Mavuela. So, um, Mavuela is one of their better players as well. He's a really good okay. tagger, can play out forward, kicks goals. Brandon White's uh, only young. He's only played a couple of games so far. Uh, usually plays down back. Mm-hmm. All right, and it's Jack Stevens, 150th, which we already mentioned. So there you go. Wow. Um, where did, where so did how that we match up go? on them? I don't know. Well, I can tell you exactly where it went. Jackson. It went in St Kilda games that no one watched. He's 27. And, uh, yeah, I know. Well, I, honestly, I would have thought he was about 23. I would have thought that too, Mako, quite mm. honestly. Absolutely. There you go. Good on you, Jack. He's actually Sorry, had a very Jack. good career. He is their most explosive player. He's made an All-Australian squad before. Mm-hmm. Um, he is a very, very good f- footballer. So I'm certainly not saying that um, he's had an invisible career. It's just... Um, no, Some players you, you think are a lot younger than what they actually are and they've played more football than what you think they actually have. And Jack Stevens sort of fits in that uh, category. Absolutely. All right, we'll look, we'll look at the ruck duel first, which is Paddy Ryder versus Billy Longer. Um, I noticed that they've got Rowan Marshall in. He didn't do much last mm. week, but he is tall enough to ruck. I don't know if he might yeah. cough in their forward line. Um, and I had a look at his highlights because I just didn't know anything about him and he actually looks pretty decent. Um, yeah, he's, I'm he's worried. I'm worried about Ryan Marshall. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, he's not too bad. He can play forward. I think he's kicked a few goals in the uh, in the VFL this year. But um, he's pretty mobile for a 201 centimeter guy. Um, so yeah, it'll be interesting to see what he does. Billy Long has had a really really good year this year, um, and, and has sort of turned his mm. career around a little bit in the ruck. His his tap works exceptionally good. Um, it's getting better. So th- yeah, so that'll be. Um, where Paddy will have his um, work cut out, I think. Um, he's a non-event around the ground, Billy Longer. I think he averages mm, less true. marks a game than Matt Loby does, which is uh, pretty astonishing. About the same number of possessions, uh, too. Because I didn't think you could average less than zero a game, but uh, apparently <laughs> Billy Longer does. Yeah, 
Um, oh, <laughs> so there we go. But yeah, look, he's a he's got a decent leap on him. He's he's pretty tall, and uh, yeah. So I don't think Paddy will dominate the taps like he has been doing the last no. three months or so. Um, but I would hope that he certainly um, runs away from him a bit around the ground and uh, really tries to make it work that way. Um, I'm expecting a couple of goals from Paddy this week. Yeah, no, that's fair. That's fair. Um, yeah, I think that's really the only... I think that... I don't know how the midfield battle's going to go, Macca. I really don't. Like, I, I think that we should win because I think our midfield's pretty good. But Chad Wingard out is a huge out for us. Absolutely it huge. Is. It is a huge out for us. But, I, look, I'm going to back him in. Like, Robbie, Boak, Ebert, Wines, Polek, Amon. Uh, that, that should be beating what um, St Kilda's going to dish up on the weekend. Look, they, they've got two exceptionally good midfielders in Seb, Seb Ross and, and Jack Stephen. Um, Ross, you know, he's, he's another one that sort of snuck up a bit. Um, yeah. He's, his last two seasons have been exceptional. He's one of the biggest ball winners in the league. Um, mm. But outside of that, um, you know, Jack Billings is still inconsistent. Luke Dunstan's still inconsistent. Akers, Sinclair, Savage... Nunes, you know, these guys are still all pretty inconsistent. Jack Steele's um, done some pretty decent things coming across from GWS. Um, yeah. And I really like what he's done. He's turned himself into a really consistent player. It's been good. Uh, but, look, if we're being serious, if, you know, I would hate to think what the reaction is going to be if we lose to this midfield. It will be phenomenal. Um, yeah. Yeah, and that was, yeah. I, we shouldn't we shouldn't lose to it. But we've got better pace that... on the outside. We've got better ball yeah. winners on the inside. We've got better mm. skills. Uh, they keep more goals. Like unless we just have a complete brain fart on the day, our midfield should be winning this. For me, I mean, because this comes down to what we were talking about: how they are a, a, a non-contesting side. Like, I mean, that's. This is not going to be like a typical midfield battle. Like it's not going to be like a last week midfield battle where it's about contested ball because it probably yeah. it might not be. Um, it might be that the taps happen, you know, occasionally, but the rest, rest of it's about how well you run back and forth up the field. And maybe that is where we can be exposed because that does seem to have been where we've been exposed by teams in previous losses. Um, yeah. Not not from the ball ups, but just from you know general play from a turnover uh, going back the other way. Um, so that could be the, the point of weakness that St Kilda might. Have. Yeah. try and pick on is that we might be exposable from turnovers and so they might do what teams tend to do and sort of overload that back of the square um, defensive 50 area uh, possibly mm. don't know don't know be interesting to know <clears throat> yeah uh, now secure forwards they're not bad they're not terrible Josh Bruce is alright um, Josh Bruce is okay yep yeah he's alright he's had an um, okay year uh, I don't think too many Saints fans uh, too enamoured with uh, Josh Bruce. Um, I, th- no, I feel like no. they feel like he's uh, under under delivered the last couple of seasons, but he's had an all right year this year. Um, he's not he's an not exciting been, player. He's not been exceptional, but he's been pretty good. I'll say that. The reality is that when you're in the same forward line as Nick Rewalt, who all St Kilda fans love, I mean, you're never going to be the most loved player, are you? Uh, yeah. And he doesn't he doesn't get super <laughs> excited or anything. He's pretty expressionless. He's got a porn star moustache. Um, you know, he's just kind of a guy in the forward line that kicks goals. And, you know, there's nothing wrong with that. Yeah. There's a few of them like around in times past. He's pretty one He's a bit of a Quentin Lynch. bit of a Quentin Lynch, I reckon. Yeah, kind of. Yep. Yeah. Yep. Um, and we mentioned earlier uh, Marshall playing forward. 
Um, looking, at, I just want to say I did look at his highlights, and they actually looked a bit better than Eddie's. I thought, but there you go. Um, Acres is the third tour, but Memory I think is the one that you already mentioned that is a guy that we're going to have to watch out for. Um, Memory is certainly the one who will be the most dangerous on the day, I think, because he is strong. He takes marks. He's got good pace off the lead. Um, you know, he's probably the one. Blake Acres. I'm not too sure he's, he's right. really been playing much of a third toll role up forward. Oh, he's been around the ground a bit. Yeah. But, he, he's, yeah. He's certainly more... I know they expect him to become sort of an inside midfielder and he mm. has done um, a bit of that this year. But, um, yeah, he sort of uh, finds himself all over the park a little bit. He's a bit of a utility, which is not always a good thing. Nah. Um, I don't know. The forward line, it's, it's not... It should be beatable. It should be beatable, yeah. Like it, it should, should be beatable. beatable. I mean, Jay Gresham and Jack like Jack Billings can kick a bag on his day. Yeah, um, he's probably the most dangerous of their um, non-tolls up there. Jay Gresham has had a pretty consistent season, probably a little bit below what he performed last year, but he does still add you sort of one to two goals every week. So um, I would expect them to sort of add three to four goals on the day. Um, yeah. But again, not uh, not really much that I would think should be winnable. No, I mean they're not really kicking bags this year anyway, so that's no. a pretty big thing for St Kilda. Um, mm. I've actually had a look to see how many times they've kicked eighty points, which I think that's a pretty good measure to see how many times the team's kicked eighty points. Um, yeah, not many. Oh, gee, one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight. Eight, nine, ten, oh, 11 times they kicked 80 points and they kicked, they kicked over 104 times. So that's not too bad. That's probably about where we are, I think, isn't it? Uh, not too far off. How many times have they kicked over 100? Four times. Oh, over 100 is one, two, three, four, five times. Okay. They might even beat us there. No, we've done it eight times. Eight times? Okay, there you go. All right. So anyway, we're a little bit ahead, but maybe not as much as I thought. So, hmm, interesting. Oh, dear. All right, and... Defense. Um, I suppose the tools have got Jake Carlisle and um, what's it? What's his name? Forgotten. Nathan Brown. The, the, the fullback. Fullback guy. Nathan Brown. That's the one. One of the one of the Nathan Browns. One of the billion Nathan Browns <laughs> in football and across the years. Yeah. Um, yeah, they're all right. Um, Carlisle's okay. Brown gets beaten. Um, and the rest of the defenders, I know nothing about, frankly. I, I, I saw news a bit, but I don't know much about the rest of them. Tell us, Nathan. What do you know? I would expect Brown to take Dixon. Um, yeah. And that would mean Carlisle takes Trengove and they will be hoping that Carlisle um, jumps in front of Dixon yeah. and tries to stop him. That's how he's sort of done his best work this year, Jake Carlisle. He's had a really good year coming back um, from the drugs disaster last year. Yeah. Uh, Dylan Robertson, I think you can just about lock him in as an All-Australian this year. He's had a mm. wonderful year. Um, okay. So, yeah, he he's the one that they really look for coming out of the back line. He's their rebounder. Um, he's tall. I think he's about 192, 193 centimetres. Um, he takes a lot of intercept uh, disposals and uh, delivers the ball pretty well down the field as well. Jimmy Webster, I would expect to do a, a shutdown job on Robbie Gray if he, when he plays up there. Um, Jaron Geary's their captain, and uh, that's about it, really. Yeah. Okay. There we are. Very good. There you go. We get to move on to the game in general now. Um, now, Alan Richardson's record against Port since he became coach is three losses and no wins. So that I don't think we should be really too worried about him. I don't That's know. good. Let's keep it going. It's good. Yep. And who has the psychological advantage? Port. Port. They haven't won no here. Mission. He hasn't beaten us. We should have the advantage. 
and they're coming off two losses in a row. So, yep. um, yeah. All right, let's move on to questions. Question time. Right, Ooh. so uh, Power Girl has um, had a, a small sort of uh, tongue-in-cheek complaint that uh, we unfortunately stopped um, the questions in the in the review on Monday just before hers came up. Um, so I do oh, apologise okay. for that, Power Girl, and uh, we won't be reading them tonight either. So uh, bad luck. Oh, come on, um, what were they? <laughs> no, I do actually have them down. Power Girl, first question, why don't we pick the right players and play them in their preferred position? Um, because Well, the reason why we don't necessarily play them in their preferred position is because we need to make a team that works as a unit, so that's all right. Um, but I think we're already talking about mm-hmm. selection, haven't we? Like, yeah. we, I, like this week, it really looks like we're coaching to say, oh, we've got to make the final, we've got to make the four, because I think that we're looking very short-sighted. And she's also asked, why are you trying to shoehorn certain players into the team when there is clearly no role or position for them? Dunno. No idea. Dunno. That's been asked about 50 (laughs) times this year, I reckon, and uh, we're still scratching our heads over that one. Yep. No Um, idea. Andre has asked, is this the most meaningless game we've played near the end of a season while still in finals contention? Oh, that's a tough one. I don't I would, think so. I would say some at the uh, back end of 2003 when we were three games yeah. clear of the, uh, of the pack and uh, just going through the motions, I would say. I think there was one game against Melbourne at Footy Park where we just didn't get out of second gear, won by sort of mandatory four goals and um, sung the song with a gusto of, uh, of a funeral, basically, I think. Uh, so that, that yeah. would be the worst, I reckon. That's the most fair. meaningless. I, I agree with Macca. Okay. <laughs> Andre has also asked, uh, have we ever been more apathetic to how Port is going? Uh, I'm not feeling too apathetic. I'm really shitty about the selections this week. Um, I think that we've, I think this is probably the most, the most, oh no, it's not the most apathetic because the most apathetic we were was probably a fairly decent chunk of 2004 when we were thinking, oh, look, it doesn't really... We don't give a shit about these big wins in the regular season because we bombed out in the last two final series. Like, I was hugely apathetic about games in 2004. Yeah. It was the most unenjoyable I could imagine a premiership year being because of what we'd done <laughs> the previous two seasons. It, seriously, I don't think I don't think you could set the tone for a shitty enjoy, uh, a game, a, a, pre- a premiership season you could enjoy. I think that's the, the worst possible thing you could do is bomb out in straight sets and finals for the two years preceding yeah. when you were favoured to win. I really enjoyed 2004. Oh, I had a great year that year. Oh, I hated was, it. Um, hated it. I really enjoyed the footy that year. That was really good. 2003 is how I felt about how you feel 2004. 2003, uh, I was all about, well, we stuffed up. It's all about the finals this year. Let's just go through the motions. And then, uh, yeah, the club basically did that and, and couldn't get going when it mattered. But, um, look, as I've said before, I like to take things on face value. I get excited still going to the footy every week and watching us play every week. No matter what happens, no matter if we've stuffed up, um, I'm just one of those people that likes getting hit in the head and keeps coming back for more. Fair enough. Mm. I mean, it's not as though I didn't watch the games, but I was just kind of joyless. So, no, this is not as bad as 2004 for me. Fair enough. Mm. Uh, Andre has asked, Tumpus told he's in the frame to be a halfback. Could this possibly work? Or is it that the club's failure to trade out and cut heavily enough in 2014 and 15 um, allows Tumpus to be off the hook as we can't cut everyone who deserves to go? We can cut everyone. I've said that every year and I've been proven right when we delisted those players the next year. Um, 
you know, that, that we, we can absolutely do deep, deep cuts and Tompas is absolutely a player we should be deep cutting. What is the point of trying to make him a halfback now when we're already complaining about how our halfbacks are a bit slow right now? Nah, no, don't do it. Don't, why, why, yeah. This, if, if this is not a guise to say, whoops, we accidentally signed him for an extra season, um, then there's no reason why we should be saying that. He's, he's done. He's done, though. Yeah. He's gone. Tum- Tumpus is in the same zone as what Cahoon was last year, really. Like, oh, he's yeah. too slow, he's too small, his kicking's not good he's enough. He's not enough um, anything. He, he just, like, I don't know. It just hasn't worked for him, unfortunately for him. And uh, I would expect him to be delisted. I would be very, very, very shocked if he is still at the club next year. And I would be asking plenty of questions as to why. Yeah. Absolutely. It absolutely should not be the case. Yep. AFL 2004 has asked, um, recently KT at a function um, uh, noted the supporters were being very negative on the club and wanting us to keep the faith. My question is, do you think KT should be saying this and for a club 140 plus years of success, isn't it a bit rich to expect patience after we have had over a decade of mediocrity? Uh... I don't have an issue with KT saying it. Um, I do have an issue with him expecting compliance if he was, which I don't think he was. But also, I mean, there is some negativity that does go for too far. Um, yeah. You know, I'm, I'm pretty negative about the club sometimes, but there are people out there that are so negative that I just go, whoa. <laughs> oh, know? yeah, for sure. Yeah. <laughs> I got, you know, compared to them, I'm a, I'm a ray of sunshine every week. So yeah. I, 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 don't, I don't. For that, yeah, absolutely. And I've talked about it in the past, you know, um, how crowd enjoyment can go down when you've got moaners at the football. Um, when they're theoretically of your team and then every time something happens, they're just shouting and moaning and groaning and complaining and they don't even cheer when you start doing well. Like that, yeah, absolutely. If you can stop people doing that, that would be fantastic. Yeah. But being critical of a team, I don't think is something that Port fans should ever accept being asked to do. Like we should always be critical. We are trying to be a member-run club it is up to us to make sure that the, the club is accountable that it's not stuffing around and wasting time you know we're not only financial not only members we're financial members yep um so we absolutely have a right to hold the club to account when we think things aren't going right and particularly when it's a, a broader off-field observation as opposed to this week we sucked yeah look i think look this is just about the most negative i can remember um to be honest this year, like it, it feels like from a lot of supporters' okay. point of view, nothing the club has done all year has been the right move. Like there's been meltdowns over selection every week. Um, there's been meltdowns over the results just about every week, even when we win. Um, it, it does feel like the negativity has become very toxic and a bit overpowering, um, which is why mainly why I'm trying to maintain a positive point of view because I don't think we're in a bad position. I think I still think we're certainly in the, the race to win a premiership this year. And I can certainly understand why our um, CEO will be saying, you know, keep the faith, keep coming to games because that's also important. Um, and I, I can certainly see why uh, he would be saying that. And I can see, I, I really hope not, but I can see a sub-30 crowd this week. Um, and I, I really, really hope we don't. I really hope that we do still get that sort of 33-34 that we got a couple of weeks ago on a Saturday as well. I think that there's two ways that KT might be saying, don't keep the faith, keep coming to games. First of all, yeah, okay, the point that you made. 
that remaining positive. We're not in that bad a position. But he's also got the financial responsibility and the reality is that when crowds don't show up, it affects your sponsorships, it affects your coaching appointments. Coaches always get sacked when the crowds drop off. Um, you know, a lot of his stability goes out the window. So as a CEO, he's trying to maintain stability, but sometimes he shouldn't be maintaining stability. I don't know. When, well, when, I, when, when, when things aren't... Nick Teal on the, on the Spreaker Chat has said, we win a premiership this year, people are still going to be negative about that. Uh, quite possibly. Well, I can certainly see us winning a final, possibly two finals this year, and still having plenty of meltdowns um, if we get kicked out in a, a semi or a prelim. Um, for me, I, I think where we're sitting at the moment is probably about right. I would have certainly loved us to have beaten someone decent this year. You know, the Geelong game certainly hurt um, more than any other game <laughs> for me, probably since that uh, prelim final loss. Um but at the start of the year, like how many people thought we would be in this position? Not many of our supporters thought we would be sitting, you know, fourth or fifth, um, with the finals around the corner, and still in a, a big shot for double chance, a big shot for two home finals. Um, yeah. But Maka, how many how many people thought that we had the rising star and that we'd have a virtually injury free season? Yeah, maybe. But who also thought that we would be good enough to uh, be sitting here? Like most of us thought that we would be lucky to scrape into the eight. Um, and I would say the majority thought we would miss the eight. Um, we're yeah. going a little bit better than that at the moment. Uh, and I think people should be a little bit more positive than what they have been. Mm, well, look, I mean, I'm not on Bigfooty at the moment, so I don't know exactly what you're talking about. I'm not really um, even just talking about Bigfooty. I'm talking about the supporter, um, just just the feeling at games, the feeling overall of, of what uh, has happened. I think the persistent, I think the persistent decision to not blood any tall forwards. I think that is probably something. Is I'm going to guess is that something people are getting pissed about on Bigfooty, for example? Because oh, I mean sure. that every week that doesn't happen. Yeah, people are going to get more aggro about it. Um, and we're at the point now where we probably can't. I don't know. We should. We still should. This is a week if we're going to do it. Mm. This is probably the last week of the year we could do it. We haven't done it. Um, you know, <laughs> Charlie Dixon's not Warren Treadway. Yeah. Um, and even with Warren Treadway, we wanted more than one key forward. So you know. Mm. Um, PAFC 66 has uh, speaking of positivity here we go uh, if we lose this game we will miss the finals 100% bookmark it it's more of a statement than a question but yeah it's not really a question uh, yeah <laughs> fair enough <laughs> um, and I would probably agree with that statement I think if we're losing this week um, we're not going to beat the Crows and yeah we'll be hard pressed uh, we might find ourselves on the wrong side of the ledger if that happens if we lose if we lose this week, we'll probably beat the Crows. Mm. <laughs> That's how it feels to me. Like, if we somehow manage to conjure a loss from this bizarre game, then it just makes perfect nonsense for us to beat the Crows the following week. Yeah. Um, yeah. Nicholas Till has said on the Spreaker chat, um, this whole season has been a shocker. So many teams all could get into the top eight. I don't remember a season like this for a long time. The fact we're in the higher tiers of it at this stage is something to be commended. Yeah, but again, like we've had a perfect injury list and we've got the rising star. We've got an amazing number of players in their best season. Like our fitness team, you know, we talk about Burgess. Oh, what's he doing? Where are all the people complaining about Burgess this year? You know, after the last couple of years, they're saying, oh, Burgess is not doing it right. He's running us wrong. Well, he's not. He wasn't. He's, he's got us good. So. The fact that we've had a perfect injury list is neither here nor there for me, to be honest. Oh, like, no one, no one, there. No one 
I don't think many Port supporters at all would have thought we would have a top four squad coming into this year. Um, and people are sort of jump, melting every week um, when it still looks like that we, we could very well make top four. Um, so I don't know. I, I think we've, yeah, as I said, I think where we're sitting on the ladder at the moment is about right. I don't think we're underachieving. I don't think we're overachieving. I think it's about right. I think that if you're talking about us being a top four side last year, like for us, like I think we're at the point where Charlie Dixon's played the most games in a season he's ever played, right? We're, yeah, yeah. Uh, weren't expecting Paddy Ryder to come back fit from the from the um, his time off. Of course, uh, he's did. done that. I didn't, absolutely not, um, because he hadn't been training with the club. So I don't know whether his professionalism has been sort of done on the side or whatever else. But um, you know, those two where we don't have depth. We've got a return that you could not have reasonably predicted last year, in my view. Yeah. Craig Jones has said injury lists are nothing. Dogs did it last year. That's true. They uh, had a million yeah. injuries last year. And and then we spent all of the 2000s talking about, oh, we can win from here because the Crows did it in 97, 98. No, no, you don't look at the exceptions and say, well, we can do it if they did because they're exceptions for a reason. That's, you know, how often does that happen? Very, very rarely. Uh, Needs Gravy has asked, what type of spirit did Porcher reach for when the teams were announced this afternoon? None. Amaretto for my tea. Ah, there you go. <laughs> uh, CT Power has asked, what are the three things that have disappointed you the most about Ken Hinckley's coaching tenure at Port? That he didn't make the cuts that should have been made in his first season. Uh, and he put too much faith in the boys. That he over um, he is overly obsessed with defence in a league that is increasingly obsessed with midfield. Um, and that he is slow to react and make changes to a squad. He's gone in the gold, cla- uh, gold pass club at this point, you'd have to say, just about. Not quite as bad as Choco had it, but pretty close. Yeah, I would agree with a couple of them. I would say the lack of blooding of forwards under Ken Hinckley has probably Usually. been something that I've not been happy with. Um, no, not at all. And probably the lack of blooding of youngsters overall. Um, I, feel well, like, I think he's uh, been alright there Yeah, I don't know I feel like we could have done a bit more um, I think if you're the right youngster Like if you're a defender Or a, or a, you know, a fringe midfielder like he's, he's given a fair crack for the most part It's the forward lines that have really suffered And I would say allowing uh, Burgess to completely cook the players In 2015 With his uh, heat regime uh, Would be up there as well Well they can't all be winners but Yeah, okay um, James Murray has said you've got one day to live breakfast, lunch and dinner what are your last meals? <laughs> he gives a shit I've got one day to live <laughs> <coughs> that is so far down my list of things I'd give a shit about at all <laughs> methamphetamine for breakfast no um, yeah, why not? Yeah. <laughs> why not go out and see where you can get drugs in as short a time as possible? Mm. <laughs> why not? That's it. <laughs> well, if I'm having a last meal, it's going to be, for Bricky, it's going to be a Chinese jam bing with uh, egg and chili and spring onion, for sure. Uh, lunch is going to be carbonara with um, a bottle of Riesling and a bottle of Chardonnay. That'd be good. Um, dinner, I would say crab cakes followed by crispy pork belly. Um, with a bottle of Pinot and a bottle of Cabernet. That'd be great. Um, if I can still sort of move at this point after four bottles of wine, I would be having some chocolate mousse and a cheese plate and a bottle of gin after that as well. 
I'd like some macadamias that they have in the foil packs because they're always the best macadamias. I'd like a Berliner from the Port Adelaide Bakery. Um, I'd like I'd like I'd like really good Vegemite on crumpet <laughs> for the breakfast. Okay. And I don't know, at least pie for lunch or something like that. Like that would probably. Be... <laughs> Okay. Look, this is all that, happening. That is like, the it's... most uninspiring last, know, right? last day on earth I've ever heard. But, Crumpet, Billy's pie. For me, it's my last day on earth. For me, it's my last day on earth. I want to go back to childhood memories and just be like, okay, this is all pretty good shit. So that's that's why that's like that's what I would have eaten when I was a teenager, maybe pretty much. Fair so enough. yeah, that's what I would go for. Why not? Or I would order like thirty dollars <laughs> worth of hot chips and see if I could polish them all. Up. <laughs> See how much. Well, you've been dying anyway. I'm just going to see how much I can eat. Just shove it in. Just get it in there. I can just imagine sitting up a chair in the kitchen at Soto's and just getting there at like 5 a.m. and just start. Let's see how many things we can deep fry. Bring in everything. Another basket, please. (laughs) That's it. God. Right. That's it. Cool. Questions done. All right, let's move on to the final wrap. Um, so, who's your winning side? What's the margin? And who is your highest goal kicker for Port Adelaide? Uh, St Kilda by 23 points. Um, no, <laughs> not really. Uh, Port by 39 points this week, and I'm going to say Charlie Dixon with three goals. That's fair. I'm going to say Port by about 55. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I'm going to say, yeah, probably Charlie Dixon with four goals. So there, I one-upped you. And I've got to say, how good was my tip last week? Yeah, you got it right. Well done. Hmm. What a shame. <laughs> <laughs> well, you see, that's the thing. Like, that's the thing about tipping against Port is that when you're right, no one wants to hear it, and you might think, "Oh, I feel really good about it," but I can't brag about that. <laughs> like, oh, I got it exactly right. Ah, oh, I got it exactly right. That's it. I got it exactly right, and it was against <laughs> Port Adelaide. I feel nothing. <laughs> mm. <laughs> uh, fear factor: Which Port player should St Kilda be the most concerned about? Oh, Matty White for sure. Definitely. Um, his eight disposals this week are going to tear them up. Uh, no, it's got to be Roberto this week. I don't think they've got a player that can really stop him if he gets going, whether that's through the midfield or up forward. Um, I know I said Dixon to lead the scoring with three goals, but if Robbie does play forward, um, I would almost expect him to kick uh, one of his sort of mini bags, of, you know, four or five this week. Okay. No, I'm going to stick with Dixon for that one. I just think he's a hard matchup for them. Mm-hmm. Uh, and which secure player should Port be the most concerned about? Uh, Robertin, for sure. I think he's their linchpin okay. down back. Uh, he sets up all their play from the back line. So I think um, if you sit someone on him and stop him from getting getting it, his sort of 25 touches a game, no, I just can't see how they'll get the ball down the ground enough and, and kick a winning score. And you know Maybe that's... Um, a job that Aaron Young can do this week is do a bit more of a defensive job and uh, and really stop Robert and going because I think um, if he can do that and also add a couple of goals himself, he's uh, he's had a great game. That's fair. Um, I'm going to say Jade Gresham because I think he's exactly the sort of player that we might struggle against. Yep. Um, hopefully we don't, but we, we probably will. Mm. Uh, and you're quite achiever for Port Adelaide. Quite achiever for. Port Adelaide. Well, I think I've pretty much just said it um, in that uh, Aaron Young. I think if he can shut down Robertin and impact the other way, I don't think he'll probably okay. get much respect for it. And I think people will still be complaining about the fact that he got a game anyway. So, And you can pretty much add Jasper Pittard to that list as well. <laughs> Jasper Pittard could be best on ground. I think people will still complain that he got a game this week. So, um, 
He could also be the uh, quiet achiever. I'm going to say Jarman MP because I think he. this is exactly the sort of game he could totally cut it up. Um, they won't get too close to him. He can go runs from half-back to half-forward. I think that's his ideal role. I think this is his ideal opponent. I think that he could have a really good game. And yep. I think that even if I think that even if he does, people will go, oh, he did that one out on the full in the third quarter, even though he might have set up four goals. Mm-hmm. I reckon that's why he's my quiet achiever, even though it won't look quiet. Fair enough. Um, and other games you're looking forward to, Macker, apart from ours? Oh, not really, to be honest. It's not not a very uh, exciting week of football this week, I don't think. Um, on paper, at least. I mean, Hawthorne Sydney should be interesting, and I think that'll mm-hmm. be a lot closer. And I'm. Yeah, I'll have my fingers crossed that Hawthorne can get over the Swans in that one. And uh, the other one's probably uh, the Dogs and Essendon. Uh, can the Dogs sort of keep their season alive? And uh, can Essendon sort of uh, put the nail in the coffin for them? And that's my literally one. about it, because <laughs> I no, think all the I... other games are pretty one-sided on paper. I think you're right on paper, but I also think that um, all the reviews going on at Collingwood might give them a bit of a... I think we might see the game that happens when a coach is about to get fired, where all the players realise they're playing for their career. Uh, And Collingwood against Adelaide at the MCG, I think that might be one where even if Collingwood don't win, I reckon they might run the the Crows closer than people think they will. Um, I'd be tempted to go the points in. I'd be tempted to go points in on Collingwood for this match. Okay. Mm. Mm. In fact, I probably will do that. I'm going to say Crows by nine goals in that one. Okay. I think it'll be a drubbing. I reckon it'll be less than 30 points. Mm. Fair enough. All right. Well, look, I think we're pretty much done. Spreaker chat's been, yeah, it's pretty pretty good. They're actually talking among themselves, which is kind of interesting. It's funny how that happens, isn't it? It is. It's good. Um, there, was a, there was a comment about at least we don't set off flares, which is good. Yes, we don't. That's good. Katie should, be, Katie should be saying thank you for not setting off flares. That would have been that's, good. Uh, look, we missed the eight, but uh, at least we don't set off flares. <laughs> that's right. That's right. Um, and yeah, I think that's about it. So guess what? We're what? done. We We're done. Zoe. We are no. done. Zoe, for tonight. Good so riddance, everybody. Go the pair. Everyone that's listening, thank you very much. Um, go to the march on the mall from the mall, um, and make lots of noise in the mall and piss off all the shoppers. Um, and go to the game. And watch the game and cheer for the guys and don't complain too much. All right? We good? Done. Great. All right. Carport. Carport. Now. He's got to keep his feet corns just worried him out of it. Slips a handball to Treadray. Back turn. Well done. Little give. This might be it. Corns, Treadray, Pierce.